Decarbonizing the energy sector of modern day will be one of the most challenging obstacles of our time, but it will also present an opportunity for pioneers to achieve the impossible. Energy demand is increasing, and so is the need to produce that energy sustainably so we can reach our net zero goals. This is the Core Knowledge Podcast, where we sit down with the leaders and innovators in the geothermal energy space, tackling the challenges of modern day in order to make geothermal everywhere a reality for tomorrow. From shallow to deep, heat to electricity, and even healthcare to agriculture, we will bring to light the many benefits of geothermal. Join us as we journey across the globe to bring awareness to the heat beneath our feet in order to power the future. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Core Knowledge Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Sestari, and this is the show where we're on a quest to bringing awareness to the heat beneath our feet in order to power the future. And uh, we have covered quite some ground in the last almost two years, which is hard to say um, in this this podcast and honestly have blown my expectations away and just thankful for everyone that's been around and, and has listened in to one or all and has sent a note just thanking uh, me for putting this out there for them and, and thankful for all those who send me a note saying they found their next career or a passion they didn't know they had from this show. And really, that's all that I set out to do here was truly, as I say in the beginning, bringing awareness to geothermal and just the immense benefits and potential it has as a resource uh, for the energy future. And uh, really just excited every time I get to have anyone on uh, the show. And today's no different, uh, a name that Probably most every one of you who tunes into this show has heard of at some point in the geothermal community, um, but I have the pleasure of having Patrick Hansen on today, who's the Senior Geothermal Development Manager at XPRO uh, and is what I like to call a lifer um, of the geothermal energy industry. And uh, we'll turn it over to him to explain a little more about that and just kind of give a brief introduction to himself, his background, why geothermal and, and how he got to his position today with Expro. So thanks for coming on today, Patrick. Oh, Nick, thank you so much for for having me. And I think I'd like to think that I'm one of the people that are giving you the attaboys and, and thanking you in general for the the podcast and for its success. And I'm just I'm, I'm thrilled to be a part of this in any way, shape or form. Um, yeah, so my name is Patrick Hansen. I have spent the past 15 plus years working in various positions on the sales, marketing, and leadership side of things within the geothermal industry, almost all spent on the service side. So I have been providing, in one way, shape, or form, a um, value-added service for the advancement or development of geothermal services, ranging from drilling rigs to um, directional drilling and and casetal services. Uh, I moved on to a valve remanufacturing and completions company, uh, consulted for several years, which brought me to JRG Energy. And then most recently, and probably the most exciting based on where I am in my career and the timing of the industry, now with Expro, as you said, leading their geothermal development initiative worldwide. I'm no stranger to geothermal beyond that. Um, you could say I was born into the industry. My father spent 45 years uh, drilling or, or managing projects around the world, the last 10 of which he spent in Indonesia. He he recently passed away. I guess it's been almost a year now, but um, I like to think that I am 
carrying on the torch uh, for for geothermal and the Hanson family and uh, making him proud. So uh, I'll stop there because I know some of our questions will we'll answer a few more of the, my backstory. But um, thank you again for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And I definitely would uh, say that you are carrying on the torch. And part of what we talk about a lot, which is what you mentioned in your intro, is the whole education piece and the advo- you know advocating for and, and just simply the advancement of the industry. And I'd like to think that even uh, further Hansons in the in the line will carry on the torch and not just Hansons, but all the other, you know, young students and, and kids out there who have never heard of geothermal or had no idea that it was even an industry or something they could pursue. Uh, we all, I know most of us here on the show and everyone in the industry is hopeful that uh, this becomes not just a niche uh, thing anymore and, and truly does grasp a, a global uh, scale and market share. So excited to watch that and follow that. But yeah, uh, you know, you mentioned an exciting role with the state of the industry and, and just your career, but would love to, you know, dive into a little more of what a geothermal development manager at Expro, you know, what is your mandate in that role, the mission, you know, some of the challenges and opportunities that you see um, in creating this geothermal business within uh, a services company? Uh, yeah, great, great question. Um, and I, I'll just second that uh, education advocacy and, and awareness are, are kind of the pillar of why I do this. Uh, and I'm really passionate about the industry. So if I can do that through this podcast or through my involvement with other associations and or with Expro, then I'm happy to do so. But my role with Expro is, is really exciting. Um, we, we've kind of teased about this, but there's really no better time to be a part of the geothermal industry, at least in my career, than there is now with the amount of attention, investment, awareness, and excitement it's, it's generating. So I get to bring my experience that I've kind of introduced myself with um, in the geothermal industry into a major well integrity and, and performance services company, which is largely focused on oil and gas, uh, but has transferable technologies and incredible people on the team that directly apply to what we're trying to achieve in the geothermal landscape. Um, we happen to operate in many of the active geothermal regions, so the transfer of technologies um, is easier from a logistics standpoint. Uh, one of my main roles, tasks, responsibilities as uh, the development manager for Expro is uh, part of the portfolio advancement team. So I don't work within a single product line or technology, but I'm part of an exciting team that our executive management uh, board, if you will, has has assembled to, to look at ways in which Expro can build a sustainable future. We have a, a goal of being net zero by 2050, not just, uh, and that's not just lip service or or you know a headline for a for an ESG or annual report. That's that's the truth. We have a dedicated team uh, around the world looking at ways to optimize our footprint, to optimize our operational uh, excellence, and in, in how we can reduce our customers' footprint, so forth and so on. And Geothermal is a significant player in that portfolio advancement department. Um, I have colleagues focusing on carbon capture, and, and I'm sure we will expand into hydrogen and other emissions management um, initiatives. But I get to help all of our product lines, all of our regional managers, all of our specialists, engineers, legal, marketing, etc., um, connect the dots and develop a geothermal strategy that's not only sustainable, no pun intended, but <laughs> profitable. 
and uh, that leverages our in-house expertise and, and our operational excellence. And I'd like to think climate leadership based on some of the initiatives we've, we've put in place and are proving around the world to really offer our premium services to the global market. Um, and although I'm new to Expro, uh, Expro is not new to geothermal. Uh, we have nearly 50 years of experience if you date back to our Kinley calipers and downhole cameras. And over the last couple of years, we finalized the merger with Franks International, which is a global renowned well construction company. And, and they have been active in the geothermal market around the world as well. So you merge those two, plus our bespoke discrete services we do when we're in the right place at the right time. And we have a formidable portfolio of geothermal uh, experience. I get to kind of piece that story together um, and create a more organized strategy that helps um, our respective product lines um, succeed and expand. So it's been it's it's been exciting. It's been a little less than a year, and uh, I've learned so much. Uh, I'm so impressed with the team that I get to work with around the world, whether it's you know you know in the weeds from a well intervention or well testing capacity, or or at the higher level strategy discussion with with our uh, regional managers and executive management team. So um, I, I say that I'm excited, and that might be an understatement because I feel like this was the perfect opportunity for me with my skill set, my experience, my network and the timing in the industry to all kind of align. Yeah. And I mean, I think we can't, we can't glaze over the fact that as we both already have talked about in uh, the beginning portions of the show that, you know, what we both are saying that we really love to do is the you know, education and the advoc advocacy for geothermal. And you not only get to do that with coming on, you know, our, the show here, or at random, you know, conferences or just in general, you know, as you are living your life, but you almost get to do that within your own role within the company. As you said, they do have expertise and people have worked it, you know, through the years, but you're almost getting to do that right from your seat uh, and helping connect the dots for some of the, the product lines and the managers to say, you know, hey, we, you're already operating here uh, in this region and there's geothermal or, hey, this tool already can handle you know, high temperatures, high pressures, why why not just transfer this over to uh, the geothermal industry? And I think that's um, a really unique opportunity and something that I would argue, uh, you know, every, well, I'll say oil and gas for right now, because that's the most transferable and, and, you know, identical business to geothermal. But I, I think you're starting to see more of it, which has really excited me of all these, you know, the Halliburton's, uh, SLB, Baker Hughes, Expro are not just now creating you know, low carbon groups that kind of do everything. They are starting to create, you know, CCS leads, uh, hydrogen experts, and then, you know, geothermal leads through their entire business, you know, job is to go out and create business for them in the geothermal industry because they're like, hey, we do turbines already, or hey, we have uh, wellheads or or whatever it is. They they understand it and they've been doing it for longer than anyone. So why start a new company? Why start a new company? or a new thing to try to do what's already been done. Um, and you touched on it too, which we'll get more into, but the, the global aspect is, um, you know, you can't really understate the importance of that because geothermal is global, but it doesn't always overlap with oil and gas assets. But, right. you know, like you said, with the bespoke way of operating and just being present around the world does help, obviously, then having to go build a new facility uh, right in where only the geothermal exists. And we all, obviously all hope that geothermal starts to spread beyond just those areas that exist today. But uh, speaking of kind of international or let's just say the global scale of what 
you know, us two, I know for sure. And obviously all the energy, you know, energy industry and geothermal industry is hoping is that, hey, this is going to become a very diversified pie of all energy sources as we move towards these goals of 2035, 2050. Um, but speaking of geothermal, you've gotten to see a lot of the landscape, you know, from your time, you know, through the, like you said, the last 15 years plus of working in the industry, you've gotten to see not just one area, not just one project. And so, you know, now where you sit in your seat at Expro, you are getting sort of the global view. Um, so I would sort of pose the question to you that we like to sit here and I know myself preach, hey, we need geothermal everywhere. It should be done in every country. It, it needs to be thought of uh, in some capacity, whether it's heat or power or both. Uh, but what are some of the unique challenges that you've seen already in your time at Expro and throughout your career of of just doing that, of it's not as easy yeah. as just saying, hey, there's resource here, let's go tap it, or hey, we have expertise in this, let's help you do this. What are some of the right. you know challenges in when you approach that uh, from Expro side or just in general that you've encountered across the, the landscape? Uh, that's, that's another great question. Um, yeah, I've, I've, been, I've been around the industry long enough and I've been working in many of the active regions around the world to kind of been exposed to the different challenges and unique circumstances in which, um, you know, certain well-developed countries and emerging countries face in different capacities. And I think um, within Expro, it's, it's it's really not not any different there. It's exposing me to these very same challenges, but also allowing me to see them through an oil and gas lens, which is, is, is also unique because we both know the economics of an oil and gas project and a geothermal project have much different timelines and different scales. So some of the challenges are, are dramatically different, although perhaps in the same categories. But I think that it all boils down to and can be aligned under few a few core categories not surprisingly financing um but perhaps what may not be as widely understood is, is government stability and those respective clean energy policies and then of course market viability i think financing goes without said that the economics of a geothermal project are incredibly cost intensive up front uh, i think you and criterion are are experiencing that um, you know, the, the beautiful challenge of, of raising money, but doing something exciting that you're passionate about, and that's why you're still doing it. Uh, but, but this goes as well for, for emerging countries that are incredibly dependent on importing fossil fuels and how they can gain energy independence, whether you're an island nation or you're landlocked in, in a, an, an emerging region of the world, of perhaps Africa or, or the Middle East or what have you, India, et cetera. Um, but government stability, uh, without sort of talking politics in detail, can really drive or shatter progress and momentum. There are certain countries in um, Central and South America that are perfect examples of this, where perhaps regime change is a bit more common, and different regime changes have different incentives or uh, interests in developing one uh, fossil fuel or another over clean energy. Um, but then again, it's not just the policy or the regime, it's, it's the, it's, it's the, uh, viability. Um, some of these very same countries, um, have an abundance, an abundance of potential, but lack almost any infrastructure to develop it. Um, some of these very same countries have an incredible amount of potential, but it is nowhere near someone that can use it. 
And so the economics of transmission lines or, you know, loss of, of power through through extensive pipelines and, and so forth and so on just really make it uh, a commercially unattractive project, even if you could develop hundreds of megawatts and, and kind of put your country on the map. So so there's there's a lot of different things that work against geothermal anywhere, if you want to coin that term. But the beautiful thing about what you and I are experiencing in the rest of our industry, and I think the U.S. is a beautiful example of this, um, are the the evolution of technology, the excitement and investment from oil and gas, as well as from clean tech startups and other venture capitalist companies that are funneling millions and hundreds of millions of dollars, rather, into these companies that are proving, not just talking about it, but proving that you can develop geothermal in different ways through either EGS or AGS or um, drilling deeper, faster, and cheaper into regions that we haven't touched before. And that's why we're seeing that map move from not just California and Nevada, but to Utah and to New Mexico and to Wyoming and Texas. Um, so that's really exciting. And you have the likes of, of Fervo and Criterion and, and, and um, Quays and, and gosh, I'm probably could rattle off another dozen companies, um, Serafi and, and Hefe and um, Ever, I mean, Cor- Core Geothermal and, you know, uh, goodness, um, XT or XG, uh, I'm going to butcher yeah, a few XGS, more, but yes, yeah, <laughs> yes, um, there's just so many and, and they're doing so many exciting things that are pushing the boundaries of what we've known to be, you know, the confines of geothermal, where it's drill where you know a reservoir is drill in the Pacific Ring of Fire or some some fortunate tectonic plates that line up in Kenya and, and you know, uh, Turkey and whatnot. So it's exciting. Um, but that just because we're excited, just because technology is being developed at rapid scale and, and money is being funneled into, into certain regions around the world, there are also untapped potential in areas that just don't have the right alignment of stars, so to speak, to, to kind of push that through. Um, I, I think, and I'll, I'll stop and let you, let you continue on this. I think that the diversification of the resource, um, i.e. extracting precious minerals, lithium mining or co-production or waste heat, or even the mining sector that believe it or not, really overlaps geothermal potential, um, could benefit from leveraging geothermal to offset consumption um, through either waste heat or or uh, power consumption that needed to be provided elsewhere. So geothermal can provide some of these other regions around the world that haven't developed it for power generation or even haven't exported for heat from a direct use or heating and cooling standpoint, but could literally offset their own consumption and their own operations, similar to the whole behind the fence mentality, um, could really be a game changer. But but we're seeing that be uh, slowly explored and not at the scale that I think it should be. Yeah. I mean, I think all that is, is, is a really good picture and overview, you know, because obviously those of us who are immersed in it know these things and, and kind of are, like you mentioned, are faced with these challenges on a daily basis, but keep pushing through. But even anyone listening who maybe, you know, is an advocate for any other energy source or just interested in all of them, this is no different for really any energy source as we face this challenge that our, our world is facing. You know, we can say, you know, we're going to get there and set these goals, but that doesn't 
change the fact that to develop new technologies to overcome hurdles, you know, such as government stability or policy or financing or investment, that those are not overnight fixes. Those don't happen in weeks uh, or months. Those are multi, multi-year, uh, you know, boots on the ground, very hard, you know, lots of sweat, equity into that, and just lots of time spent really developing relationships, messaging why it's important, but also on the back end of educating and advocating, proving why someone should care. Because to be honest, some of these countries or just even in the, in the United States, not just be, we're not even we're an advanced economy, but still there is a, you know, yes, there's competitive vying for any energy that works if it's clean, great, but there still is a, but why should I choose that one versus, you know, the easier one or the one that's still kind of clean, but you know, it's easier to get right now and cheaper. Um, and so you've got to find that sweet spot of people who are patient and willing to invest time and money and effort into changing the norm and to taking a chance and saying, yeah, I really think there's a lot of potential here and let's, you know, let's do this. And then, you know, the, the hope is, as you said, slow that momentum gains of, hey, well, they proved that it makes money and it can work. So let's actually maybe put a little more effort and time into that. And and it's been great to see the oil and gas industry, uh, who I frankly think, you know, has to be involved at a pretty great scale if we want geothermal to truly go global and really be done anywhere, or at least being able to be looked at anywhere. Um, and, you know, I'll even venture to say that it helps too, because some of these oil and gas companies, we've already talked about Expro, but they have relationships built with governments around the world. Yeah. And they've already got a foot in the door. They're respected. And that takes a lot of the legwork out of some new small startup or just new company trying to enter an entirely foreign market that doesn't know who they are, doesn't know what this energy is. And so, you know, I love seeing Echo Patrol take a lead in Colombia. I love, mm -hmm. you know, countries, you know, all these companies, you know, Oxy with the grant, uh, looking at it and their assets in Denver. And then who knows where that will lead. So, you know, I think... We're seeing it, but back to my point, you know, before our next question is it takes time and a lot of, uh, you know, work and, and, you know, efforts. And so we have to realize too, that if you've seen any of the IEA's reports that, uh, you know, the emerging world is where majority of the money and investment needs to go, but it's where currently the least amount of money and investment and time goes. Um, and it's not because of, you know, people not understanding the problem, but there's a lot of other challenges that we face um, in order to, to, you know, really access this amazing resource in some of these areas. So got to get creative and, you know, think about how we can do that. So, you know, from an expro standpoint, you're not, you're not out developing projects or, you know, you're not going to go and, and buy a lease and, and develop geothermal, but, you know, how does expro view, you know, adapting the talent within expro you know, adapting the solutions if needed. Some are completely transferable, but how do how do we approach this kind of adaptation to really help scale up geothermal, you know, on a much broader, obviously, market? Because the bigger the supply chain and demand is, the better for Expro. So how do you become a a fast mover in that space? How do you really do that and, and kind of yeah. as you develop your roadmap um and your role, how does how do you kind of view those two pieces of it? Uh, it's it, that's a loaded but good question, uh, Nick. Uh, I think I think we can answer this in two different ways. One of which is is looking in inward at how Expro is is approaching this, and then perhaps we can talk a bit more bigger picture. But 
Uh, within Expo, obviously, as I mentioned, we, we've developed a portfolio advancement team that's looking at non-oil and gas revenue streams that are sustainable, that can lead, help us achieve net zero by 2050, as well as all of our other operational efficiency initiatives. Um, and, and we've already talked about how much of our product line, not all of our product lines, but much of the technologies within our product lines, according to certain um, temperature ranges and enthalpies, are 100% transferable. Whether it's a Kinley caliper, a downhole um, camera, uh, you know, cement bond logging tool, um, our, our distributed fiber optic sensing technologies, um, our well construction uh, drilling performance tools or our casing running tools are, are pretty much temperature agnostic, but not entirely. So there's a lot of things that, you know, quote unquote, off the shelf directly apply. It's really helping uh, identify uh, potential um, knowledge gaps with those teams that are executing the services on a geothermal job versus an oil and gas job, um, it, you know, to, to to make sure that they are aware of the different temperature um, uh, the temperature of the resource and or the the safety um, concerns and or differences with approaching a geothermal project versus an oil and gas project and those those can be you know mitigated pretty quickly with with um, a, a plugged in team which which we definitely have there's there's a general awareness um, and advocacy and education need within all companies, uh, expros not excluded, and part of part of my job is to to uh, empower everyone across the, across the company um, to to know you know what geothermal is. You know, you may not be on the front lines, you may not be providing a survey or, or running casing downhole or, or or you know doing a, a extended well test or what have you, fluid sample, um, but you may be in contracts or legal. Or marketing, and you need to know the different types of messaging, the different types of strategic partnerships that we're looking for in geothermal cross expo. So I also have to to teach, um, which is exciting because I'm passionate about that side of things. So I can help connect the dots. Um, one of the things that I'm excited about is I created a geothermal task force within expo, and there's about 20 to 25 members around the world from every discipline, every background, um, every technology is represented and we work together to ensure that our strategy is adopted and executed that um, lessons learned from someone around the world can can teach us uh, on the other side of the world and um, you know we have monthly meetings and we have um, you know external guest speakers to teach us something and we have um, different assignments that allow us to kind of collaborate and work together on these initiatives Within between those meetings that really help broaden Expro's overall internal understanding of the exciting things that are geothermal and how that how that how we as Expro can expand our our footprint and expand our portfolio and be add more profitable um, uh, revenue streams. So that's really exciting. But I think the same goes for what you're doing with core knowledge and what we're doing at geothermal risings uh regional interest group of texas louisiana oklahoma and what what i'm doing with the iga um is is you know standing on our soapboxes when appropriate and uh beating our chest to to tell the world how great geothermal is and and to, to walk that delicate line of not getting too scientific too quick because i think that's one of the challenges we've all faced is that you can explain 
the concept of solar energy or wind energy to you know a third grader pretty easily. But if yeah. you spend more than five minutes talking about geothermal to a third grader, you have to get pretty pretty in depth into details and 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 uh, perhaps a bit more beyond their comprehension. And so that's where you get sort of that that um, uh, the ignorance you know, whether it's intended or not, you, you have people that just don't understand it and therefore they don't want to accept it. Um, and so the beautiful thing of what, you know, the Baselow team did with uh, our hidden powers children's book yeah, or um, the, the simplification of the messaging that geothermal rising has come with, uh, with uh, harnessing the heat beneath your feet and, and having, let, uh, what is it? Save, having the earth, save the earth or something like that. Like yeah, they, simple, using the earth to save the earth, I think, or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Simple messages uh, that carry like a symbolism and a simplicity that that can be empowering, um, because geothermal is not the only answer, but it's a darn good answer to some yeah. of our problems. And um, again, with all the companies we rattled off earlier, and with the amount of attention and investment going through, I mean, there's so much possibility and so much potential, and things are happening at such a pace. I mean, I remember back in the early days of my career, you know, the 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 press releases for new power plants were like few and far between the think, yeah. think geoenergy annual megawatts online graphs barely upticked each year and now we're you know every time i turn around ormat's commissioning a new power plant yeah. and there's a new project in turkey and there's a new heating um opportunity in romania and uh there's you know el salvador is doing some sort of bitcoins i mean it's just it's <laughs> yeah. it's crazy like controlled thermal resources and all the other lithium yeah. mining geothermal entities i mean it's so exciting to be a part of this industry right now and um from from wherever you're sitting uh to be a part of that to know that you're contributing in some way to um you know i I, I, don't, I didn't coin this term, but I like this term climate action instead of just talking about climate change. What action are you taking to address that? So climate actions, you know, being more sustainable and geothermal is a huge player in that capacity. Yeah. I mean, I think that's big because I think a lot of, yeah, I mean, anytime you want to talk about someone who maybe, you know, wants to cancel oil and gas or wants to tell that it's the worst industry or all these things, you know, sometimes you have to, I, I do think the the action piece is so big. You're like, Hey, I mean, that's okay. If that's your stance. I mean, I think the industry's done, you know, once you really get to know the industry, they, they have done a, a heck of a job in, in cleaning themselves up and becoming more sustainable and really working to, you know, do a better job at that um, overall. And honestly, they've helped power our entire globe, but also, you know, action is the big piece. If you have a passion about it, then what are you going to do to help change the course of, of where we're going? So I love that that's the approach, you know, of Expro. And I'd imagine even circling back before the last, you know, question uh, about, you know, talking about what you're doing inside of Expro, I would imagine even it becomes yeah, you have the same product, but you almost even start marketing them for specifically for geothermal so that you open up an entirely new, uh, you know, marketing channel and communication channel that wasn't there before. You now start telling people, hey, this doesn't only get used now for an oil and gas well. We can also do this in CCS or geothermal yep. or whatever it is. And so it really opens up that channel of communication and just interactions and conferences you get to go to and, and really that creation mm -hmm. of business um, you know, which is so big and diversifying that revenue stream. Uh, so I, I really love that piece of how you can make it, you know, do your best to scale it, uh, from within a, a services, you know, company, uh, and approach it that way. And, and honestly, any company 
the size of Expro or any of these services or developer upstream companies also have the ability to affect policy change. Um, Maybe not in every country they're in, but in, you know, at least their home country or at least ones they've been around for significant portions of time. um, They, you know, if they're not educated on it, then they have no way to, you know, fight, like fight for or lobby for a policy that helps them grow their sphere of, of influence in other energies. And so I think yeah. the U.S. still has a long way to go as well because we've got some great legislation, but geothermal still isn't fully understood enough to where the legislation matches the actual needs. And that's, that, that is, I would argue, falls on our shoulders to some degree of, you know, yes, telling people how great geothermal is, but also being honest with the challenges and hurdles that we face, yeah. um, you know, so that they can they can get there. So that actually leads in great to the last kind of question and point, uh, you know, I want to talk about and, and ask you is, you know, we've covered a lot of the role in X pros still can add on if you want, but really want to kind of ask also in tandem with that, the role that you, you know, now being elected on the board of IGA to represent North America and really want to kind of close with that of, you know, what are you hoping to accomplish with that? What kind of, you know, obviously a great honor and we're obviously couldn't have a better person on that position. Um, but what are you hoping to accomplish with that, you know, seat of, in terms of uniting the industry, uh, really helping do what we have already talked about a million times on the show is educating and advocating, but really what are you, you know, what are your hopes and goals for the geothermal task force inside Expro and obviously the, the business plan of becoming more involved in geothermal and sitting on, you know, the IGA's board, let's just take a two to five year, you know, look at this. What are some of the big goals and and dreams and hopes that you have for both of those positions? Uh, Great question. Um, You're very kind too to say that I'm, I'm the ideal representative for the IGA in North America. Um, I'll take that as a, as a, a big compliment because there's a, there's a ton of us out there that are just as passionate as I am. I just have the fortune of being on the seat. Um, so I'll, I'll try to answer that question in both ways, um, and I'll start with with Expro in that uh, we have we have certain ambitious revenue targets in in the next two to five years to achieve a, a significant percentage of our of our global revenue coming from non oil and gas initiatives. Um, that I'd like to think geothermal will be the will be able to fill that entire that entire um, target, but uh, it'll likely be helped along with CCUS and other hydrogen initiatives and, and um, how far we get into emissions management, et cetera. But it's exciting because all of these non-oil and gas or these sustainable um, industries that are evolving that that can leverage the transferable technologies are are um, a great sign for our industry as a whole, not just geothermal, but but the players um, our, our competitors, our, our allies, our, our partners, uh, because, you know, the, the energy industry is never going to go away. The oil and gas industry, although may peak soon, I don't want to discuss something I can't speak <laughs> intelligently about, but, um, you know, we have to still find a way to leverage what we do best and, and these sustainable new categories if you the geothermal categories for an oil and gas company or ccus which is oh my goodness it's going to be huge um 
can keep everyone employed, can can continue this innovation wave and this investment wave to do great things. And that's what's really exciting. And so if I can help steer Expro in that direction, doing my part for our geothermal business model, then then I'll consider that a major success. And the more people that ask me to be a part of the geothermal task force internally, uh, the better. And the more people that can go home at night and and you know tell their their children about anything about geothermal, um, then then I've done my job because similar to the, the Our Hidden Powers children's book and all these other initiatives for awareness and outreach is that if we don't start talking about it, people aren't going to know about it. Um, and so if I'm doing my part that way, that's not only driving our bottom line, but it's getting people excited internally, then, then awesome. Um, as it relates to the IGA, uh, it, everything is still relatively new. Um, the first board meeting is next week, which I'll be attending, and I'm looking forward to that. That's really where the blueprint for the, the three-year term will be laid out. Although I can say that I've been ap appointed, if you will, to be the IGA North American and Caribbean Vice President, which is, I think, a, a really fancy title for <laughs> um, a prestigious opportunity to help the region and all of its players align our message, align our initiatives, our programs. We don't have to merge into some one global entity, but I think there are so many different amazing associations, for lack of a better term, um, in each of these regions, not just North America, but around the world, that all have the same goals in mind, which is to develop more geothermal projects, to empower and educate more people about geothermal. And if, if the IGA can serve as sort of the the global platform that empowers and initiates some of these uh, programs or ideas or, or or messages then then it'll be my job to help convey that manage that and get people excited about that within the North American and Caribbean region I think my my involvement with the um, geothermal rising as a whole uh, as well as the geothermal rising Texas Louisiana Oklahoma regional interest group. It's a mouthful, but that is yeah. what it is. Um, and get people excited within that region to, to further understand and support and embrace all things geothermal, then then you know my job has been successful. And so I could probably answer that in more detail with tactical goals and whatnot after our next our first board meeting next week. But um, I'm excited. I'm ex I, I know Bryant with uh, Geothermal Rising very well. I know many of the players within the North American industry in the Caribbean. Um, and I know that it, it won't be a difficult job to get people even more excited to be aligned and speaking the same language, so to speak, using the same slogans and keywords and, and maybe even creating, I've always wanted to do this. And I think it exists in some way, shape or form, but to create some sort of master file of materials that we could all use as, as infographics and textbooks and, and, um, animations and, and other media to get people excited from from kindergarten to, to university to policymakers and, and bankers alike and um and and if that's if that's not if that doesn't exist perhaps i just volunteered to help organize <laughs> that um but but that's kind of the guy that's the idea and and, and i have um half a dozen colleagues within the, the IGA board that are doing the same thing or will be doing the same thing with their respective regions. So, um, yeah, so good things and exciting things to come. Yeah. What an awesome opportunity on, on both fronts. And what a great thing is, you know, I've said from the beginning of the show of, of really uniting the industry from a, 
well, from all of those things that we've discussed all show, it basically, you know, for so long, I felt like people talked about heating, district heating in its own realm and talked about electricity in its own realm, agriculture. But it's time that we really start, you know, unifying it and saying it what it is, which is geothermal. It doesn't have to be always talked about as, you know, hundreds and hundreds of megawatts of electricity is the only thing we can consider geothermal. It, it can be as small or as big as we want it, and it can serve in, you know, a microgrid for some of these emerging economies. And, you know, think about the Caribbean region and you think about all the agricultural stuff that's being done in Iceland and sustainable farming with, you know, gosh, the list could go on. And it's it's so great that if you can come to a point where that's what everybody associates with geothermal, then I think the job then is done because same with oil and gas, I would argue 99% of people have no idea the products that oil and gas actually, you know, create majority of the time spent talking about cars and, and other sources of emissions or things that people don't don't like, but you know, almost 90% of things you touch in your house on a given day or use uh, wouldn't be available today if it wasn't for oil and gas. So I think same, you know, there's, we could do a, a great job. So I'm really excited to see what, you know, you do in both those roles and excited to follow along and, you know, love the IGA and, and what they're doing. And yeah, Geothermal Rising, incredible as well. So um, as usual, you know, could always talk with you for, for days because I think there's so much, yeah, there's so much interest here and in, in movement and really it is an exciting time. It really is. And, and grateful to be part of the industry uh, through both the show and obviously a criterion and, and really just a, a great time to be in it. Um, but thank you for all of, you know, the insight into Expro and their plans on really making geothermal focus and part of their diversified revenue streams and, and really, you know, actively trying to be out there helping scale it up and, and advance it. Um, and obviously, yeah, thank you, know, you happy to, to continue to follow along that and cheer and champion that as well as the IGA. But uh, before I let you go, as always, I have to ask you the the hot seat three questions um, that we ask mm-hmm. every guest. Um, so the first one is um, a piece of advice that you would give to your younger self or someone who is you know studying in university and doesn't know what they want to do with their career. Yeah, that's um, <clears throat> that's a great question. I think the the traditional way of thinking, perhaps the way you and I grew up and our, our parents and whatnot, I think the idea of having to figure out what you want to do when you grow up is 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 so overblown these days. And to have that pressure to have that answer, whether you're at university or you 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 know, go straight into getting a job, um, it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be the one thing you're stuck with. You don't have to be an accountant or a lawyer or a, a, a school teacher or a, a geothermal you know, professional your whole life. You could, you could be doing something and then realize it's not your passion and you want to pivot. And I think that with the advent of technology and the ability to kind of make those changes, I mean, I think the new normal is to be flexible and to be forgiving and to be understanding and to not have to have to have it all figured out or handed to you on a silver platter. And I think that's something that you and I just knowing our kind of age range that, you know, we have to, 
we have had to learn a bit of that the hard way. But I think the, the my my younger self, if I was saying that to someone today, um, is to, to don't put that pressure on yourself because things change, especially now they evolve incredibly fast. So just be flexible, be open-minded, and you don't have to have it all figured out. Yeah, right. no, that's a really good piece of advice. I think that's very true. And, and you know, I was one of the rare people that, you know, wrote in my fifth grade yearbook what I wanted to do when I grew up. But <laughs> most people, most people that I was in school with or, you know, grown up with, it was, you know, they did. They felt a lot of pressure of like, I don't know. And then they kind of went through this whole just, you know, feeling like they never could really exercise what they were passionate about. So I, I 100% agree that if you discover something that you never knew was out there, and an opportunity comes, yeah, don't don't hesitate to jump. But uh, yeah. second one is uh, cross your career and, and time, you know, in the industry. What's one experience that you, you know, one job experience project that you look back on uh, with fond memories and, and just one that you'll always remember? I could answer it differently through every uh, across every stop that I've made, um, and I think the. <laughs> I think probably the, f the first thing comes to mind is being elected to the Geothermal Rising Board of Directors at the age of 30 and being the youngest by like 10 years, if not more, um, back way back when. Um, that was pretty cool because I was sitting at, around a table with some some senior level thought leaders that I've always looked up to in the industry and, and was able to kind of talk with them man to man, woman to woman, man to woman, et cetera. Um, but I think if I'm looking through my expro lens and, and wearing my expro hat, uh, I'm pretty proud of the things that I've already talked to you about on this pod with the task force and how we've we've only just begun, but but we're really generating some really exciting momentum within the company, and I can't wait to see what dividends that will yield and the still to be defined role that I'll serve on the IGA and how that's going to over uh, you know unfold over the next three years as as I'll learn in much greater detail next week at the at the first board meeting. So um, I'm just honored to, to have a relatively prominent voice within the industry and to be able to do that at such a uh, great company such as Expro that is allowing me to have that platform. So I think those are those all roundabout answers for you. Yeah, no, those are both, both great ones. And um, yeah, and it's good to always kind of reflect back on that too. It's great that you can say that about every stop. So that's that's awesome. Um, and then the last one uh, we'll leave the listeners with is a book recommendation. Uh, you know, as we say, it can be a favorite of all time, or it can be a recent read, or whatever comes to top of mind. This <clears throat> this is a recent re reread, and it is uh, I, I've had to reread it because I definitely fall into this trap of being too nice too often. <laughs> And um, with, you know, my dad passing away last year, um, it's put a lot of things in perspective. So I've reread The Subtle Art of Not Giving an F. <laughs> um, and uh, just, it, it, I mean, it's it, you, it could be appropriate or inappropriate depending on how you view that book. But it's just a refreshing way of looking at life and looking about how you approach things and what you should care about and what you shouldn't care about and how you should just let let people um, come in and out of your lives that don't add value or, or whatnot and to hold on to what's true to you and, and what matters most to, to you and um, and being able to kind of say no when you want to say no and, and whatnot. And so I still have to put that into practice because I'm way too nice, but uh, <laughs> um, it was, it was a fun read. I'm still kind of rereading it for the second time, but uh, yeah, that's definitely one that I'd say if you haven't read it, it's definitely a, 
an eyebrow razor if you open it up on an airplane or it's on your coffee table. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bright definitely. orange. Yeah. No, I've seen it in almost every bookstore you walk in. It's always <laughs> it's always somewhere facing up. You see it and you're like, I can't help but look. So they did a good job with the uh, cover art there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But no, that's, that's great. And, you know, honestly, again, thank you so much to Patrick for coming on today and, and sharing more on X-Pro and, and what they're doing to be a part of the geothermal industry. And, how the IGA is continuing to engage and, and pick people that are, are great champions for the industry around the world and and hope that you learned a little something new about how, you know, current incumbent energy companies are thinking about this energy transition and diversification and really taking, you know, action, um, as Patrick coined it, the, the climate action uh, is a big thing that will matter in these companies that have large stakeholders already and, and a complete, you know, organization with products already established are, are going to lead the charge uh, i firmly believe so thanks to patrick and uh, thanks to all those that are listening and for the support and make sure you like and subscribe to the show and share it to anyone else that you think might find this interesting um, and please just continue to support love having everyone here and love having the opportunity to interview amazing guests like patrick and until next time i've been your host nick sestari and we'll catch you on the next episode thank you <laughs>